0: And Welcome to Everyday Linux, Episode 1, Ubuntu Examined, for the week of April 5th, 2011. Yes, folks, that's our brand new uh, podcast here on the Tightwad Tech Network, uh, Everyday Linux, where we talk about Linux and living with it every day. And uh, as always, we have our hosts, uh, Josh Reitz, who's uh, known as Tux2 in our chat room, Chris Neves, uh, who's known as Slipped in our chat room. K. Arthur, who is known as, I didn't look, Ginger May in the chat room, and me, your somewhat inept host, Mark. So uh, welcome to the f- show, and this week we're going to talk about Ubuntu, and we took some heat last week because some of our guests weren't saying it right, so everybody, one, two, three, Ubuntu. 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 There we go, Ubuntu. Ubuntu. <laughs> now we Now we know how to say it. Chris, tell us what it is.
1: Uh, Ubuntu is a distribution of Linux based upon Debian, which is the grandpappy of most Linux distributions. And it's uh, the right now it's the hottest and the happiest, and everyone seems to be re- running it right now.
0: Tell me what a distribution of Linux is. What does that mean?
1: Well, like I brought it up last week, um, a distribution would be considered like the underpinnings of your computer it it's the uh the ford equivalent or chevy it's it's
0: well that's what an operating system is what's what's the difference between distributions um i I guess is what i'm asking um uh, there there is linux is the 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 kernel, to use GeekSpeak. Um, and so it really there is no Linux operating system. There's these, these other things that make up operating systems, and and there's Ubuntu that we're talking about today. What makes Ubuntu different than anything else that's based on Linux?
1: Well, it has to be how they. It's mainly on how they package their software um, Ubuntu uses a, a, the file format .deb. D e b and it's a little bit different than say your Red Hat Fedora's which uses RPM um which stands for Red Hat package um and then but that's basically the only difference is between um Ubuntu and say your Fedora or Red Hat is how they install their packages Ubuntu yes Ubuntu <laughs>
0: Sorry, that's going to be the running joke of this episode, Ubuntu. Uh, Joss, you have any uh, comments to make on that? What, makes, what sets Ubuntu apart from the others? We said uh, that it's the most popular. Why is it the most popular?
2: Um, I think one of the reasons why it's the most popular is because of its ease to install and to use. Um, there's a lot of forums out there and a lot of topics as far as being able to use Ubuntu and be able to actually get around in it and if you're – you have – If you have problems with Rune 2, you you can actually get some good troubleshooting tips on on it.
0: Okay. That's a good point. Being that it is very popular, there are more people using it and, therefore, more sources for help.
1: And there are plenty of sources for help. There are the websites. There are the forums. There are um, the IRC chat rooms. Uh, There's even some local places that have... um, Ubuntu uh, learning groups.
0: (laughs) All right. So, uh, Chris, if I wanted to get Ubuntu, how would I go about it?
1: Well, you would open up your web browser and type in the address www.ubuntu.com, and that will take you to Ubuntu's website.
0: Ubuntu. Okay, so I'm at the website now. Potato, tomato. Okay, and (laughs) And
1: then if you look, there's there's a button down there that says "Download Ubuntu" on the right side. It's in bright orange.
0: Right, they like orange there in Africa, apparently.
1: And that'll take you to the download page, which the very first thing says download ubuntu desktop edition now 99% of you everybody is going to be using this particular version and How then uh you click the start, you click the start download button and it's will download to your computer it'll download a file that's considered a disk image otherwise known as an iso and once it's downloaded we'll do the um we'll burn it to a cd using, um, there's a press roll of dev- programs that we'll use to burn it. Um, some of the more free ones in, are like uh, Image Burn, and that's the links will be in the show notes. So Image Burn is one. The Infrared Recorder is another. <coughs> um, a lot of people would probably know something like uh, Nero or uh, i trying to think of anybody else that Roxio, those all will burn this particular file once it's downloaded.
0: Most likely your Windows-based computer, if it has a burner, it has burning software with it.
2: Exactly, and also on the download page on Ubuntu's website, there is a little section down there where, where it has a tutorial on how to actually burn Ubuntu to a CD or if you wanted to, put it on a flash drive as well.
0: Now, tell me, how do I know which version to get? Chris, you said that 90% of us will just take the defaults there. How do I know if I'm one of the 10%? Well,
1: if you have a newer computer and, like, I wouldn't say newer, but um, if you know your processor runs at what's called 64-bit, you would change that to the 64-bit version.
0: And a Uh, good indicator of whether you need 64-bits is is if you have more than 4 gigs of RAM.
1: You took it right out of my mouth.
0: Sorry, I didn't know that's where you were going. We could go back and do it again and pretend you did It's all right. So, yeah, that's that's the, the point I wanted to make, that, that you may not necessarily know what you've got, but if you've got more than 4 gigs of RAM, or 4 gigs or more is the better way to put it, uh, you're better off using the 64-bit version. Uh, Josh, tell me why that is.
2: That's because the 32-bit version will only utilize 3 gigs or 3.3 gigs of RAM on your computer. If you have more RAM on your computer, it's not going to be able to utilize it. And if you do have that extra RAM, your computer is actually going to run faster and quicker with the 64-bit version than it would with the 32-bit.
0: Absolutely. It has to do with the size of numbers. Uh, um, When the numbers get so big, 32-bits isn't enough. So you need a 64-bit operating system. Just wanted to clear that up for those. Because I think most people with a new laptop or a new desktop are going to have 4 gigs or more. Most operating systems now need to be uh, 64-bit. I think, anyway.
1: I would agree with that. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so I've got my trusty little ISO file sitting somewhere on my computer. Uh, then what?
2: Once you have that file, you want to burn it to the CD, like we already discussed, and then you know you can either pop the CD in and install it under Windows using Wubi or you can actually reboot the computer and boot from the CD into a live Linux distribution where you can actually install Linux or to try it out.
0: Okay, what's a live distribution?
2: Live means you can actually boot into a, a full Linux, into the full Ubuntu desktop without having to actually install anything. It's just running off the CD. It doesn't touch your computer as far as the hard drive and stuff like that goes. So once you shut down this live distribution, your computer—you know—when you start your computer back up, it's just like it was before. You never know; you never your computer never knew you put Ubuntu on it for those few minutes. Basically, it lets you run your computer without having to without having to install the operating system.
0: Okay, so that's a way to sort of try before you buy, right? Exactly. Now, exactly. It- if I've already got a machine, I just got my brand new HP laptop home from from Best Buy, and and I, I it's got Windows on it. Do I have to delete Windows?
1: No, you don't. Um, the default situation or the the, the default installing process for you um, Ubuntu is it will actually do it a shrinking of the Windows install. So instead of Windows taking up your entire 320-gig hard drive or however big your hard drive is, it'll shrink that down to a percentage of that drive, and then it'll install behind it, so to speak. So you'll have both Windows and Ubuntu installed and running.
0: You are really struggling with that, aren't you? Ubuntu.
1: (laughs) 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 Tomato-tomato.
2: Yeah, I would also like to point out that it's, it doesn't stick you at a certain size when you go to install Ubuntu. It allows you to actually slide the slider over where you can actually select how big you want your Windows part of your hard drive to be and how big you want your Ubuntu part to be.
0: Okay, so let's say now I've done this and I've I've done the installation. Uh, when it boots up, how do I know whether it's going to go into Windows or into Ubuntu? The, uh
1: graphical boot environment when it pops up otherwise known as grub um, will actually have a selection that you can choose it'll have windows highlighted and then there'll be a drop down or a down arrow or a mouse click down to highlight Ubuntu and then you'll boot to whatever one you select
0: so I can go back to windows anytime yes okay what, what were you saying
3: what is GRUB exactly? That I've never heard that term before.
0: GRUB is actually,
2: is, um, what it stands for literally is Grand Unified Bootloader. Basically, what it does is when your f- computer first turns on, it looks for a bootloader to actually tell it what to do. So when you turn on your computer, it looks, finds GRUB, and says, okay, GRUB, you you, you get to do the next few instructions. And Grub comes up and says, okay, I, I. you have several operating systems on your computer. You have Windows and you have Ubuntu on here. Which one do you want to go to? And you use the oh. up
3: and
0: down.
2: Mm-hmm. And oh, use the okay, up and down arrows. you did that
3: with one of my friends' laptops, okay.
2: Exactly, so you use okay, the up and down arrows, and you can actually select which one you want to go into.
0: Okay, I get it now, I get it. So at any time, I can always go back to my Windows install if I need to, right? Exactly. So it's sort of like having training wheels on.
1: (laughs) If you want to think of it as training wheels, sure. (laughs) I was thinking, you know, like a parachute, the golden parachute. If you find yourself lost, you can just pop the parachute, a.k.a. reboot the computer, and go right back into Windows was without too much of an issue.
0: So what happens if I decide I don't like Ubuntu Linux and I want to go back to Windows? Is there an uninstall process that makes my Windows partition bigger again?
2: Um that that's actually a good question. When you install Linux using when you actually shut down your computer and you install it from the CD that way, um it's not as easy as just uninstalling Ubuntu. Um, if you use Wubi though, and you install it underneath Windows, it's actually in a, as a program in the Add/Remove Programs in your Control Panel, so you can remove it that way. So you know, if you really want, if you really weren't sure, you could always install it underneath Windows using Wubi.
0: Okay, so Wubi is something that makes Linux a Windows program?
2: Kind of. Basically, you had to. It- does is it puts a, a um, is it uses some of your Windows partition and just creates a huge large file and that's where Ubuntu lives. So when you boot up into GRUB, it just boots to that file instead of to a partition. So when you want to uninstall it, you just have to go and uninstall it from the Add Remove Programs. And what it does is it just deletes that file and reverses the changes so that you just have Windows on there.
0: How well does it perform? is it does it fast? Does it uh, work like you would uh, would if you were actually running Linux on your hard drive?
2: Um, it is Linux on your hard drive, but it does have a few extra steps so it is just a little bit slower. And you still have to reboot to actually go to one to the other because you're not running Windows when you're running Linux.
0: can the the Linux installation under Wooby see your Windows files? like no. can you open something on your desktop?
2: No, you cannot see your Windows files when you install under Wubi. With that, you have to actually install in. You have to install Linux to its own partition, or do it from when you shut down your computer and boot it back up into the installer.
0: Okay, but if I do install it using the CD and I shrink my Windows partition like we talked about, um, uh-huh. can I access my files there?
2: Yes, you can access all your files in Windows. Linux can access Windows files, but Windows cannot access anything in Linux. Or in this case, Ubuntu.
0: Okay, so now I've got it up. I've got it installed. I've just booted. I'm now looking at Ubuntu Linux. Now what do I do?
1: Well, that depends. What do you want to do? The first thing most people would want to do is go online and check their Facebook or check their email.
0: So Um, I can go straight to YouTube and start watching videos?
1: Not to YouTube, but that is something that we can cover on how to install that. That is what's considered an extra. Just like when you first install your Windows, you don't have Adobe Flash installed. So you have to go get Adobe Flash. And that's what makes um, Ubuntu, or the YouTube videos play.
0: Okay. That was a trick question.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Mark. (laughs) Yeah, to
2: actually get YouTube to run, um, you actually have to go into into what's called the Ubuntu Software Center under the Applications menu. That's basically your start menu. And you just search for Flash or the Ubuntu Restricted Extras. And then that's how you install it.
0: So if I just type Flash in, it's going to come up with what I need?
2: Pretty much, yeah. And it's a fairly easy install. You will have to put in your password that you set up during the install to actually install it. But if you type in mm-hmm. Flash, it's like, you know, it'll have the Adobe Flash plugin that you can actually install.
0: So I can't just go to... Adobe.com and download it like I do on Windows?
2: You can in Linux, in Ubuntu, but the preferred method is through the Software Center because they've actually tested it and made sure that it works and everything's compatible.
0: Okay. And Um, it also
1: will keep it up to date. The Ubuntu Software Center will. Where if you install it from Adobe, Adobe, there's not a guarantee that you'll get the updates that Adobe releases.
0: All right. So, uh, I want to go online. I want to check my Facebook account. How do I do that? Tell me what buttons I click to get there. Well,
1: you'd go to Applications, which is at the top left, and under Applications, there's a line that says Internet, and under Internet is the Firefox web browser, and at it's the exact wording on the menus. Uh, once you open up Firefox web browser, you'll get prompted with the Firefox program, which runs just like Internet Explorer if you're from Windows. Um, it, you know you're you're prompted with the the Ubuntu logo along with a Google search line. Uh, up next to the house is where your address bar is, and all you have to do is type in www.facebook.com, or type it into the search menus, and and you would get into Facebook.
0: Okay. So, in, on my Windows machine, I click the little button at the bottom. I click all programs, and then there's Internet Explorer or Firefox or whatever in that. So, what you're saying is it's three clicks in Windows, and it's three clicks in Ubuntu as well. It's applications, that, Internet, there, and Firefox. That
1: or there is the Firefox logo on the top right next to the where you went to applications if you if when you get installed if you look to the right of that next to the word system there is the Firefox logo which would automatically open up Firefox too
0: very good and so once i'm there it's just Firefox like i'm used to using i've got tabs and plugins and all that good stuff right correct absolutely Okay, so I want to write a letter to my grandma. How do I do that? I just open up Microsoft Word, right?
2: (laughs) Uh, If you had Microsoft Word, you could open up Microsoft Word. In Linux, you don't have Microsoft Word. You have something called OpenOffice. So that is also three clicks. You just go to Applications, then go to Office, then OpenOffice Word Processor. And that opens up a Word Processor that is very similar to Microsoft Office Word.
0: Okay so describe for me this applications menu that you keep talking about what sort of things are in there
2: It's basically your it's kind of like your start menu um Chris if you want to explain a little bit more for them
1: Sure under the applications window or the menu you have the options for say your accessories which has the calculator your character map how much disk space you're being used um if you have any prints that you, or if you're trying to send jobs to your printer, there's the the manager for that, uh, um, and so a few other little tidbits in there. A text editor like Notepad. Uh, they do carry a program called Tomboy Notes, which is like sticky notes for your computer. Uh, next down the list would be games, which they do come stock with some basic games like Solitaire and Mahjong, uh, Minesweeper. Um, Let's see, in a, a Sudoku, uh, it looks like in, in a Tetris game are built into the system by default. Next on the list is the graphics menu, which has your open office drawing program and, and your the, uh, program called Shotwell Photo Manager, which would be which you, um, if you have digital fo- photos coming from your camera. Shotwell would be the program that would do basic edits to them and also categorize them and keep them in a chronological order for you. Uh, It works really slick. It's a point-and-click interface. There's also the Simple Scan, which if you have a scanner connected to your computer, you would use the Simple Scan to do simple scans from the scanner. Next on the list is the Internet tab, which we've talked about. It has the... Empathy Instant Messenger client, the Evolution Mail client, the Firefox web browser, a program called Quibber, which is a program to do um, like Twitter and those instant uh, social media programs. There's a remote desktop viewer, which most people won't use. The Terminal Server set client, which unless you're in a large home environment or a Business environment, you probably won't use that either. There's also transmission BitTorrent client if you're a BitTorrent user.
0: And and all of this uh, stuff next. just is just there? I don't have to go get any of it?
1: Nope, it's all built in. And I still have two more windows to go through, two more um, lines on the on the menu. Because you have the Office tab, which is OpenOffice word processor like Josh was talking about. There's the open office spreadsheet, which is the equivalent to Excel. Thank you. <laughs> and then the open office uh, presenter, which is like uh, PowerPoint. These are all built in. And then in the last line for applications is the sound and video, and that cont- contains your bizarre bizarro disc burner which is like your cd burner software your it's called movie player which covers most of your videos a video editor a rhythm box a music player for like your mp3 and AUG files and then a sound recorder and at the very bottom of the list is the ubuntu software center where you you need to install additional softwares or if you hear of some other software that you want to try that's where you would go to either install or remove them
0: okay let's talk about that Ubuntu Software Center there Uh, I click that and I get a box Uh, it's sort of like the uh, Apple App Store right Uh, there's a search box I search for what I'm looking for and it gives me options
1: yep that's exactly right and they're even categorized so if you wanted a game if you wanted to see what type of games are, are downloadable right from this window, there's a list of games. Um, there's also oh, tons and tons of software. Josh, do you want to kind of go over some of the software choices you could pick up?
2: Sure. Um, you know, some of the most useful software choices once you get into your once you get into the software center, you'll probably want to install the Ubuntu Restricted Extras which you can just type the word restricted in the search bar and you pick them up. Basically that installs your flash, your Adobe reader and a few other things that make it so that you can read DVDs and all of that.
0: All right, Josh, let me stop you right there. Yeah. Why are those restricted?
2: They're restricted because some of them you have to actually download to, you know, the, they're not, the, the license agreements for those programs do not allow you to download them and it, and package them right into the distribution. So basically they want the consumer to go and get them. So that's why they're restricted is because, you know, they're actually going out and and you have to get them.
0: Like, for example, Adobe Acrobat Reader to read PDF files. I'm not allowed to give that to you. You have to go get it from Adobe. That's their Uh rule. I don't know why that's their rule, but that's their rule. So the people who make Ubuntu can't give you flash. They can't send it to you. You always have to go to Adobe to get it. So that's why they're called restricted, and and what that is is One bundle that downloads all the stuff that you typically use, like if you want fancy fonts that would come from Microsoft, for example, they're free and you can go get them. You just can't ship them with your stuff. So when you do that, uh, you get uh, all those good things that allow you to, for example, go to YouTube, like I said earlier, or watch uh, a DVD, which you wouldn't be able to do right out of the box. But once you install those things, you should be able to. Is that about right?
2: Yeah, that's correct. Another thing that I like to do is the default media player in there doesn't play the, the menus and DVDs. So I like to what's called use VLC media player, which actually makes it so you can watch DVDs better inside of Ubuntu.
0: I'm a big fan of VLC on both Windows and uh, Linux. It's a... In my opinion, uh, it's sort of the Swiss Army knife of video. It'll play anything you throw at it. It doesn't care what format it is. (laughs) Wait, you can
3: access VLC on Windows? I didn't know that. Yes, you can.
2: You can use VLC in Windows or Linux, and I think there's even a Mac version out there. Really? Mm
3: hmm. I did not know this.
0: Well, there you go. That's what this podcast is for, uh, sharing things you didn't know. Yeah. Okay, you mentioned uh, um, music earlier. If I've got uh, an iPod and I want to sync up all my stuff to it, could I do that with Ubuntu?
2: Yes, that's totally possible. There's several programs to do that with. The default one that Ubuntu comes with is Rhythmbox you know, i've had success using rhythmbox with several iPods that i have had to work with throughout the years. so
0: okay, and tell me about rhythmbox.
2: rhythmbox is basically like an iTunes clone. you've got you've got your windows just like you would in iTunes. let me just get it up here real quick so i can take a look. So, Rhythmbox, you know, basically you have your categories, you can sync your iPod to it, you can download podcasts through it, and then you can hook up your iPod at night, drag what you want over, and in the morning it's all there for you. And it also has, it also has something called the Ubuntu One Music Store, which is, um, basically similar to the Apple iTunes Store, where you can actually buy music. Now it may not, now it doesn't have as big of a collection of music, as apple itunes but still has a pretty good collection
0: can i get to itunes at all from linux
2: there is a really old version of itunes that may work with linux i haven't had too much success with itunes in linux though so i would have to say for the average user probably not
0: Okay, I'm not an iTunes user anyway on Windows or uh, uh, on Linux. I just wondered, uh, I, that was a real question. I didn't know if there was any way to access the iTunes Music Store at all uh, on uh, with Banshee or, or Rhythmbox.
2: As far as accessing the iTunes Music
1: no, you Store, it wonder- no. Sorry, Chris, you can go ahead. That's okay. I was going to say, see, personally, I don't like the way Rhythmbox handles my media. Um, it's just something that I've never really cared for. So I actually remove Rhythmbox when I first get my system going and install a program called Banshee, which look-wise is almost identical. Um, it doesn't have the Ubuntu One Store, but it does have, uh, plugins for the Amazon MP3 Store, and it also has plugins for the Internet Archive, which downloads the, um, open licensed music. And I personally prefer the Bench to music player over Rhythmbox. Just okay. because of the way it, it handles my media in a more... It's that whole personal choice thing. I like the way it handles my media better than Rhythmbox does. Uh, yeah. Rhythmbox always seemed to break my media up in, the, in it would, assorting ways that I didn't care for.
0: So what about uh, uh, Podcasts. How do you handle podcasts in Linux? Obviously, if they're well, listening there. to this show, you're a podcast listener. <laughs>
1: right. Uh, well, act- it, it could be uh, many different ways. Um, I use a program called Miro, or I use Banshee, depending on what type of podcast they are. Um, Miro is kind of the Swiss Army knife for podcasts. Uh, it does video and audio equally well. Uh, but Banshee, because it syncs to my little Sansa music player, I use Banshee for my audio podcast because then I don't have to I don't have to go to more than one place to put my my audio podcast on my little player.
0: So, can you tell that thing to uh, subscribe to a podcast and then every night download it and then sync it to your music player like iTunes does on on an iPod?
1: Under Banshee, yeah, uh, I just tell it to sync. I, I just pointed at say um, when I plug my Sans into my computer, Banshee sees it, and then I can, can tell it to synchronize my favorite tracks out of my music collection, uh, or anything else that it it, it gives me a, a dialogue list of things that I want to sync. So as long as it's something that I've told it to sync, it just automatically plugs it into my MP3 player.
3: Okay, wait, don't you have to, like, have it a certain thing? Because I tried to get videos on my MP3 player, and we couldn't get it on there because it wasn't, like, a certain... I don't know how to describe it. Josh, what was it? It was called what's y- called? a codec. Yeah, so, that.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, as far as audio goes, um, codecs, you know, most MP3 players will understand the MP3 format. That's basically why they're called MP3 players. But, um, you know, as far as video goes, yeah, there's a whole array of devices out there. And I know Rhythmbox, at least, will actually convert the videos into MP3s so that it's just audio. Um, Chris, if you could just say a little bit about the Banshee Media Player and how it handles um, MP3 players when it comes to video.
1: It does the same thing. It strips the video off of it and puts just the audio onto the MP3 player. Uh, that's why I use Miro because I want. If I'm subscribed to a video podcast, I want to see the video. So, my, and I don't have a pod. Uh, my MP3 player doesn't do video at all. It's just an MP3 player. So I don't try to bring my video podcast with me wherever I go.
2: Now um, there are now there are several programs out there for Linux that do attempt to convert video for the most common devices out there so basically you just have to search for your device in the ubuntu software center and say video at the end of it and it should come up or if it, at least if there's something available you know it should come up with something that had that you can actually convert your video with for your mp3 pair
0: Video is a tricky thing on any platform. Uh, you know I've got a little uh, uh, creative uh, four eight gig player that uh, does audio and video and. Even in Windows, it's difficult, uh, even with the software that came with it, to take my videos and make them uh, uh, go onto it. You know, if I want to rip a movie, it's uh, it's complicated. And and again, I'm I'm not a Mac user, so I don't really know uh, what that experience is like. But my guess is it's a little tricky too. It's just it's just difficult, more difficult always when you're working with video because you have to uh, make sure it's right for the the small screen and and the type of player that you have.
1: Yeah, that's very See, one true. of the one of the things I always use, and I'm converting video from one format to another. Is a program called HandBrake, that's freely available, and they have a, a Ubuntu package to install, and it will transcode from one format to another. So, if you are trying to get a video downloaded from the internet, you know, say, um, you know. We'll pick on Leo Laporte. Let's say his video podcast comes down in a format that your player can't handle. Handbrake should be able to take it from whatever he's giving you to a format that you can then put on your device.
0: I love Handbrake. It's it's a it's the again the uh, the the go to tool, and, and we've talked about it on our Taiwan Tech podcast several times. Uh, when I want to convert. Something video to something else video, that's the tool I go to. It's in a, it's easy to understand, it's simple to use, and it just works. So that's a great tip for this week, Handbrake.
2: Yeah, I use Handbrake all the time when I want to get video onto my iPad that I have. It also converts it into a format that I can actually stick on my server and stream to my iPad over the air as well. So, you know, that that's how I use Handbrake.
1: One thing I'll bring up, though, is Handbrake will not copy um, protected DVDs. So, like, if you went down to your local um, video rental store, you could not copy or transcode that particular DVD because it does not do copyrighted material.
0: Hmm. I'm going to choose to stay mute on that subject. (laughs) So, okay, so now I've got, uh, I've downloaded Ubuntu. I found it on the web. I've downloaded it. I've uh, burned it uh, onto a CD. I've installed it in my computer. I've let it resize my existing Windows installation. I've got it installed. I am now familiar with how to browse the web and write letters and listen to music. What next?
1: Um,. Maybe start digging into the actual system and figuring out how to improve stuff. If you're that type of a person, a tinkerer, that's the whole point of learning how to manipulate your um, Ubuntu or Linux installation is to how to make it work better. And there are plenty of resources online in order to become part of a developing system or um, how to bring this to other people. There are so many more things you can do. Um, one of the other things that you can do is Linux has this thing called workspaces, so that way you can help organize your um, your day-to-day dealing with your computer. Uh, workspaces are uh, w- virtual desktops. So instead of only have in Windows, you only have the one desktop. In the default installation of Ubuntu, you have four. So you can have one panel could be your software center. You could have Firefox in the next one. You could have your music player in the next one. And all of them are nice and
0: organized. Okay. One of also, the things – go ahead, Josh.
2: Also, I'll just say, you know, once you get start using it, you can also customize your Ubuntu installation with different backgrounds, different colors, and all this other stuff, too. So you don't have to have the stock brown theme. You can get another theme and install it, and you can also customize your screensaver. There's plenty of screensavers to choose from in Ubuntu. Really?
3: Mm
0: Mm-hmm. So tell us how to do that. Obviously, Kay didn't know that. How do you make Ubuntu prettier?
2: Okay. To actually make Ubuntu prettier, it's it's, it's fairly simple. You can right-click on the desktop and then click Change Desktop Background. Oh, I can
3: and, do that.
2: And what that does is that brings up, you know, the background tab and the appearance preferences. And you can pick a different background. There's a tab called Theme on here We can pick a different theme for your Ubuntu to look like. And there's several pre-installed themes. But also at the bottom, there's a little button that says Get More Themes Online. And you can actually download and install literally... Hundreds of themes from the web on there. And you can also pick different fonts that you want to use. If you want to change the screensaver, there's a system menu at the top. You know, it has, it's called system. Go to preferences. Then go to screensaver. And you can pick from all these different screensavers. You can pick your delay and everything. So, some of them are pretty cool.
0: Now, if I remember correctly, I don't have a machine in front of me to test that on, when you go click that go online and get other things, it takes you to a website called gnomelook.org. Is that correct? Uh, If not, that's a good place to start. Gnome, like like a garden gnome, G-N-O-M-E, look. Dot org has some of the most amazing artwork uh, available that people have put into uh, various themes for uh, for um, Linux-based operating systems, and uh, you can get some really really pretty stuff there. Um, and once you've downloaded it, you you simply do that install theme thing that you were just talking about, and um, you can make it your um, Ubuntu machine look like a Mac if you want to. There's a, a there's a Mac theme, if you want that. Or you can make it look like Windows Seven if you want to. There's a, a theme for that. Or you can have scantily clad women on your computer if that's what you want. There's there's uh any number of things.
2: Yeah, I sh- I just I j- just clicked on the link and it takes you to art gnome dot org forward slash themes. Or if you were to do that on the backgrounds, when it does forward slash backgrounds. So you can pick from a huge array of different backgrounds and different themes on the computer.
0: Oh, I, It's gnome-look. I had my address wrong. I, I just, I'm just i looking at it right now. And uh, and what's nice is, uh, is you, you have these themes that are not just backgrounds, uh, but they'll change your icons and they'll change your fonts and they'll change um, everything uh, about it and make it all sorts of pretty.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: And the other- The other thing you can do is enable the, under, in that same window under appearance preference, if your computer has a newer video card, you can enable what's called visual effects. These are the things that people that first see a Linux, just, you know, a, a YouTube video about Linux, it's usually about something called Compiz. This is where you turn that on if your card supports it. If it doesn't, it'll automatically go back to your Simple environment, but if you do have a car that can that can handle the compass system, you can get the wobbly windows or the cube or the burn effect where your windows lit, are lit on fire and they like disappear when you minimize or maximize. Um, the, there's just it just adds even more pretty to your Linux distribution.
2: Yeah, I'd also like to say there that you know. With the visual effects, it gives you three options, none, normal, and extra. If you really want to get funky or, you know, if you really want to really customize that, you can install the Compass Manager from the Ubuntu Software Center, which lets you pick and choose exactly what you want as far as the effects go.
0: Uh, one of my favorite tricks is uh, when I go present at conferences or, or that sort of thing is uh, I'll take my tricked-out Ubuntu laptop and I'll be presenting with it, and uh, I always make a point to not just have my slides show up but to to have my desktop visible, and I'll do some fancy cube effect or a wobbly window, and and those poor, hungry uh, Windows users in the audience always go, oh, that's so cool. Um, and you just, Sorry, you just can't do that. On, I wish you could. I would love to have my Windows 7 machine do that, but uh, uh, that is something that is uh, where Linux uh, is better than the other two, in my opinion. It, it has the pretty. Uh, you just don't always get it out of the box. you got to go get it.
1: Exactly. Now, See, my, favorite, things- my favorite thing to turn on is the burn function, and that's under the extras, and you have to actually kind of dig around to get the burn function, but it actually, you can change the color of the burn. So, like, my per personal laptop has a black burn, so when it burns it looks like it's being eaten alive by a black hole. Uh, at work, I have it set for random colors, so it's all sparkly as it disappears, and you would be amazed at some of the people that come in and just to watch me minimize and maximize a window a few times.
3: <laughs>
2: My favorite effect on <laughs> in compiz is actually the preview window capability. You have that in Windows We can actually, in Windows 7 and at least, where you can actually hover over the icon for a window and it pops up with a little preview of what's happening in that window at the moment. And I like to be able to run over my icons and, you know, maybe see some activity in something without actually having to go to that program and actually do that. Also, the 3D flip in Windows 7 using the Windows tab, that is also available in the compass as well. has several more options to customize that so it's not just a tab you know where it's just all in a row you can actually have it rotating like like you would on your movie player that you have on your like your xbox 360 and stuff like that
0: awesome and just let me add if you're listening to this and you're not sure you want to take the plunge, you can do everything we just said from the live cd without making any changes to your desktop and you can pimp it out and play with it and figure out if it's really what you're going to want to live with and all those changes can happen without affecting your uh... existing operating system so you can really uh... try it now having said that you're working off a cd uh... or a dvd um... most likely so it's going to be slower. Uh, you're not going to get the same performance. So if you're if you're doing this sort of stuff and it's slow and jerky on the live CD, don't don't think that's what it's going to be like when you actually install it.
2: Yeah, exactly. It is a li- it is slower from a CD. It usually takes it usually takes me two to three times as long to get to my Ubuntu desktop from a CD than it is you know and actually run programs and stuff than from my actual computer once it's installed.
0: I'm sorry, you lost me. I'm now on org looking at themes. Uh, I'll be doing that for the rest of the podcast.
1: <laughs> ah. Hypnotized by the pretty.
3: The pretty.
0: There's one here that looks exactly like the Mac OS 10 um interface. It's amazing.
3: <laughs> I actually
2: had that applied to my Ubuntu desktop for about two or 3 months. It kind of it, it kind of um May people take a second look when they looked at my
1: laptop. <laughs>
0: Just personally, it doesn't really fit in this conversation. I don't like the concept of a dock. Uh, I know uh, Mac has moved to that. Windows is moving more to that with their start bar. I don't like docks. I like... The drop-down menus, like what the stock uh, Ubuntu has, uh, I don't want everything right there on a dock. I don't want to have to box with my computer to get around the the icon that's popping up and getting bigger. But I wanted the one beside it instead. It, it's like it, it's like you got to bob and weave to get the icon you want.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's why I don't have it on my Ubuntu install at the moment.
1: Yeah, I don't install docks either. I think they're a waste.
0: But you know, if you like it that's that's an option,
2: especially if you install Ubuntu or are trying Ubuntu on a Mac, you know it might be more familiar to you to have that dock than the actual menus.
0: <laughs> Josh, you are cracking me up every time you pause and say ubuntu you're you're being so precise about <laughs> it. I love it. <laughs>
1: Well, we did catch a lot of flack for the Ubuntu instead of Ubuntu. So.
0: No, 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 it's Ubuntu. So you're still messing up that middle one. Ubuntu. It's all the same sound. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Kay, as our resident noob, uh, have you got anything to add here? No. <laughs> no. How do you have your uh, uh, Linux uh, desktop pimped out? You you mentioned in our last episode that you, you're running Ubuntu. Uh, is it just the stock uh, uh, brown and purple, or, or do you have... Uh, actually,
3: actually, I just now changed it as you guys were talking about it, because I didn't know you could. So currently I'm silver.
0: Okay. So and yeah. you just did that. You didn't know... 10 minutes ago no, that you I could didn't. and you just did it no, so mere mortals can do this you don't have to be yes. tox to do it
3: yes the only <laughs> thing that i was able to change before was my background was that was because i had i've had you for over what how many years now josh two three four
2: about two years yeah
3: yeah and i'm still fairly new about it and i'm still getting shown new stuff but whoa
1: <laughs> sorry <laughs> She found something new. Yes, they I have been
3: dusting. That is weird. Okay, I'm having fun with this.
1: And you too uh, could have fun like this. All you have to do is download a copy of Ubuntu Linux and play until your heart's content.
3: Yes.
0: All right. Well, that sounds like a good opportunity to uh, wrap this up. And I will uh, remind you once again that uh, your hosts for this episode have been Josh Reitz uh, and Chris Neves and the uh, uh, newbie of the week has <laughs> been Kay Arthur. And, uh, <laughs> and it's been great having you. Uh, Josh, tell us what your uh, where people can find you online again.
2: Well, basically, I do hang out in the Tightwad Tech chat room on Renode.
0: Good answer.
2: And you can can also see my blog at tux2.myniche.tk. All
0: right, Chris, where can people find you if they want to see your bright, smiling face?
1: Well, my bright, smiling face is always in the forums at Tightwad Tech, and I'm also in the IRC room probably right next to Tux every night. Um, I'm also doing the Twitter thing at Twitter.com slash ChrisN, and I do throw up little tidbits here and there on Linux and my frustrations of the day. Uh, other than that, since I don't have my Facebook page with enough likes yet, I guess we'll have to wait for that one. But uh, that's about it for me.
0: Okay, awesome. Awesome. Also, if you want to contact all of us here on the show, you can do that uh, at a a nice short uh, web uh, email address I've created called linux at thetaiwadtech dot com. Um I think I that is actually a pretty good typing exercise. You'll use pretty much every key on the keyboard uh by typing that in. But again that's EverydayLinux at thetiwantech.com. I'm going to be working on uh differentiating this show and creating their own space on the the website. So drop, so drop by thetiwantech.com and uh find out more about us there. Well, thanks for being with us guys and uh, and girl and uh it's been fun. <laughs> And uh, we uh, hope to see you all back here for the next episode. So for now, this is the end of Everyday Linux, Episode 1. Great show.